0: relax you got nothing to lose what do you think i'm about to show you the female of the species is more deadly than a male deadly, deadly. So Only so... A movie, you can say it again just wait till you see what
1: i did at the end
0: the female of the species is more deadly than a male
1: Is more deadly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to More Deadly, the director's cut, where we speak with the women-identified directors who make the horror movies that we love oh so much. More Deadly is a trans-inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of both cis and trans women, as well as the work of non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host, Rachel C. My name is right there, uh, and joining me <laughs> is the beautiful- the hilarious, the brilliant, my bestie best, Ariel. You are too kind. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) It's true. I'm just stating facts. You make it easy. Hey, girl, how have you been? How are you doing? Yeah,
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited that we're getting back into this. You know, we took a little hiatus in December, and this is our first interview back, and I'm excited about it.
1: Me too. We are kicking off this year strong. Strong yeah. with a great interview. We are speaking with Roxanne Benjamin, director of the brand new film There's Something Wrong with the Children. And there um sure I, is. there sure is. <laughs> there sure sure is. And like, like I said, I think this is a strong way to start out the year. And if this is any indication yeah. of what we've got ahead of us, like we have great conversations coming, we have amazing female filmmakers and Pretty good spooky movies, too. So it's hitting all three, all three notes. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I
0: totally agree. (laughs) And it's a good one for January, too. A lot of times it's a slim pickings. So this is exciting.
1: (laughs) Already this January. this January is strong. Like we were kind of having yeah. to make some choices about what we were going to cover on the show, um, and that's not usually the case in January. So that no. that is also <laughs> exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this. Okay. <laughs> I've obviously okay. lost my entire brain. So let's just get into the good stuff let's uh, do before it. we do that though. Um, Do we want to talk about how we're approaching spoilers in this episode, Ariel?
0: Yeah, so we're going to try to avoid spoilers as best we can, but we're probably going to touch on some general things, both in our sort of mini review as well as in the interview itself. And I do ask a question towards the end of the interview that's a little bit spoilery, but I needed to know.
1: It was pretty spoilery, but you you had to know. I had had to to know. know.
0: It was bothering me, so I had to ask the question.
1: So the good it, news is we do say like, okay, this question is spoilery. So if you are spoiler adverse, you can fast forward. There will be a warning. Yes. Mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we get into the interview, why don't you tell me a little bit about Roxanne?
0: So Roxanne Benjamin is an American writer. She's a producer and she's a director and she began her career producing actually VHS and VHS two. So Very after cool. that, she went on to write and direct segments for the horror anthology Southbound and XX, which is the all women directed anthology one. Mm-hmm. And for XX, she wrote and directed the segment Don't Fall and she co wrote The Birthday Party, both of which are Ooh, terrific.
1: Oh, the mm-hmm. birthday party. Yeah, fun. it's good. <laughs> Don't Fall's really good too. Don't yeah. Fall, that's the one with like the monster demon thing when they're I, camping, yes? Yeah? I believe
0: so, but I have this problem okay. with anthologies where sometimes they like run together. When I haven't mm. seen it for a while, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I forget yeah. which one's which.
1: Fair. I All think right. I, I remember. What I about.
0: <laughs> so next, she went on to write and direct a short film called Final Stop before writing and directing her first feature-length film in 2019 called Body at Brighton Rock, which That's you haven't so seen. What? It's worth checking out. It has a very funny '80s beginning, and then. Is pretty creepy because essentially she's a park ranger who has to babysit a dead body because it's a crime scene when a giant bear comes strolling by.
2: Holy shit! It's very
1: tense. <laughs> <laughs> and let me guess: she pets the bear, she gets in the ears, they she works the ears. Friends. Yes. <laughs> See, this is this is great. This is that is the ghost of future Rachel. That's my plan. Right. I'd be willing to hang out with a dead body if it also meant I get to get up in some bear, snuggle ears. a bear. <laughs> Oh, the dream. <laughs> I definitely this is how I die. I die by animal attack cuz I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm convinced that if a lion would let me it would enjoy what I what these magic fingers could do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> I love the sincerity of that statement. I just
0: think you're wrong. <laughs> but you I probably will die that way. That could be. I have seen I mean, one on way the to internet, go
1: out. Some people on the internet pet lions. I've seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm possible i just I think, think that it,
0: maybe don't do it to a wild lion that you just like
1: oh uh, so i
0: it. should find a domesticated lion is
2: yes. <laughs> go Let look the have this. and ask
1: her for help <laughs> did you see that they found her husband i did he's alive we were I wrong sure she, i was sure she murdered him i know we were dead wrong <laughs> she was see See, this is what happens. This is this is internalized misogyny. We should have always believed that cool kitty cat. Yeah. She was telling the truth. She was, she was telling the truth. <laughs> that, I'm sorry, that blew my mind. I just saw that today. And it blew yeah. My mind. <laughs> All right, so, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah.
0: So after she made Body of Brighton Rock, she was able to parlay the success of that into a TV career. She's directed episodes of Creep Show, Riverdale, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin. And that new show that's on Peacock that's called One of Us is Lying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, so she's done a bunch of TV episodes, and then she went on to direct There's Something Wrong with the Children, the movie we're talking about today. So yes, this movie did. was produced by Blumhouse in their Blumhouse television division as part of their deal with MGM+, which used to be Epix, but is now mm-hmm. MGM+. When she first started working with Lumhouse, I guess they were sending scripts sort of back and forth, trying to find something that was going to be the right fit for her. And they finally sent her a script called The Ravine after they kind of realized that one, she likes to work outdoors and two, she loves a really good female protagonist. And this had both elements. So she fell in love with the script because there was so much meat on the bones compared to a lot of the other scripts that she had read from them. Mm -hmm. They were able to film this one in Louisiana on the River Delta, but apparently there are not any ravines there, which was a problem because the script centered around a ravine. (laughs) So they had to rework the script, and that's how it ended up being set in the woods with ruins instead Mm -hmm. of a ravine. Mm
2: -hmm. And she also
0: ended up rewriting some of the ending as well, which we'll get into in the interview. The movie yeah. is currently available to rent on demand on most major platforms. And it'll be available on the new MGM Plus on March 17th. So you can watch it there.
1: Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for that background. You should become a teacher. I will sign up for your classes. <laughs> there, and I will kind of give you apples and try to be p- teacher's pet. How would terrible. how would one go about becoming your teacher's pet? Just out of curiosity. Say you're a teacher. You're teaching advanced Lady horror movies. <laughs> no. I don't know. Cheap?
0: That's a good question. How would you uh, I mean, apples. Ariel? I feel like wouldn't do the trick. Like it needs okay. to be better food. Like than plus?
1: Apples. Oh, right. <laughs> personal pan pizza you're Terrible. <laughs> I know. I know. No, but what? What would impress you? I. I wonder, Professor oh. Ariel. How would I, I, I mean, get in? Like, would I be someone who answers all the questions, or would you be like, she's? Making this class longer.
0: (laughs) I mean, I think somebody who is really knowledgeable about horror movies would be good. But I also think having a thirst for knowledge, like being willing to ask questions is great. And yeah, if you're a know-it-all, I mean, nobody likes a know-it-all, right? (laughs) (laughs) You are not a know-it-all. That's like 90% of my personality. (laughs) It is not.
1: (laughs) Awesome. All right. So everybody, now you know. This is how you get in good with Professor Ariel. All right. so. We've given a spoiler warning. I'm going to give you guys a synopsis, but I'm going to try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. Very basic information. If you're super spoiler adverse, I guess, skip ahead. But like I said, I'm speaking very sort of generally. All right. So here is what this movie film is about. Ben and Margaret go on a getaway with two of their close friends from college, Ellie and Tomas, and their two children, Lucy and Spencer. And they get some remote cabins, they share some drinks, they share some weed, they share some very sexy secrets. They sure do. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And then things take a little bit of a turn. They go on a hike, and they find something terrifying and odd uh, that should not be there, after which the children begin to exhibit some strange behavior. Ben, in particular, becomes increasingly convinced that there is something very wrong with the children. The end of synopsis. Bam! (laughs) Perfect. I feel like that was pretty good, not spoilery, right? Right. All right cool
0: all right i mean you have to know that something is going to happen with those kids based on the title alone so i feel like you can't spoil that part
1: (laughs) right yeah if it's in the title it's allowed okay so let's give our general thoughts guidance about whether or not people should give it a shot what we thought about it without spoiling major plot points ariel i just have been rambling like crazy (laughs) so maybe it's best if you start (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually really
0: enjoyed this one. We just got to watch it the other night. And I wasn't really expecting a lot going into it. But I Mm -hmm. thought it was really great. So a couple of things. One is the beginning of this movie did a great job at making me incredibly uncomfortable. (laughs) There are some of the you didn't find this to be true. Some of the Remind conversations me. between the oh. adults,
2: and, like, <laughs> yeah. the <looks> that they're <laughs> giving
0: each other, mm-hmm. and the sort of arguments that kind of crop up here and there, I was just like, oh, I can't take it. It's
1: too much. It's too tense. It's too uncomfortable. Yeah. You've ever been on a like out with a couple that's yeah. not getting along, and it's just like oh, it's right the under the surface. Ah, I write yeah. a co- friend. They're divorced now, shocker. But like, <laughs> every time I hung out with them. We they always fought every single time we were like this is not a good sign
0: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. it's just so uncomfortable and then when they actually when there is like a real argument just the horrible things that they say to each other made me deeply uncomfortable as well but I think that's good it like builds all this tension (sighs) in the first part of the movie and uh, when things sort of take a turn with those kids they did a really good job. Kids are not always the best actors, but I think here there's a good balance between the kids seeming really sort of nice and normal and then changing and seeming creepy and even intimidating, even though they're tiny and not really doing anything at first. Uh, So yeah, I really liked all of that and I think we get into it in the interview, but I think what this movie has to say about both motherhood and, wanting to not have children is really interesting and different so i think it's totally worth your time i think that there's a little bit of messiness towards the end as it kind of rushes into the final act but i also think that some people are probably really going to enjoy the pace of it because not everybody wants the super slow burn that i sometimes enjoy <laughs> <laughs> i think that might be a plus for a lot of people mm-hmm. and the ending is really really cool the ending is like the very the ending. I think the is movie. really
1: funny. Like I laughed at the yeah end. <laughs> that, <laughs> that final might, beat. I did too. Might, okay, I was like that might be a bad side about no, no, me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, I really enjoyed this film. I was hopeful, you know. I thought, but you never know. Like you said, it's it's January. Direct yeah. to video. It could be amazing or not be. Fortunately, I had a ton of fun. There's something interesting about it tonally, especially early on, that it almost feels like a film from a different era, especially mm-hmm. when that like. First, like, you know, bam, the title screen comes off and it's like in that like very Stephen Kingy font and the colors are really interesting. Um, And then it has this very cool synth wave score to it. It feels a little bit like a throwback. But then when you get into the themes and the way, like you said, they present sort of a little bit of a twist on motherhood horror, it feels very modern. And knowing that the changes to the plot and the characters that roxanne benjamin brought to the project this is a good illustration of why having women filmmakers and storytellers is is yes. great it's <laughs> great i think it vastly improves what was there because i don't know that i would feel as strongly about this movie i don't if think we would had been how they were and the focus of the film was on who it was and those kinds of things which are again i won't spoil it here but it it is something we touched on in the interview and i thought was fascinating one of the fun things of a film like this is the mystery aspect of it. You know, you kind of are like, ah, uh, what what genre am I in here? What subgenre? <laughs> like, I know we're in horror, and we know we're in killer kid horror, but is it like? an infection demon possession is it a monster situation is it actually psychological and maybe we have unreliable narrators and uh the one genre turned out to be was not the one that i guessed going in and uh was delighted about it i as i was watching it i was like messaging you like (laughs) blah 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 blah." so that was a lot of fun i'm also completely obsessed with one of the main characters now uh margaret who's played by alicia wainwright is so She's really good, I yeah. She's beautiful. She's talented. I'm obsessed. I'm so so into her. So she's an interesting kind of. I don't know. She's not a final girl. It's not a slasher, but sort of like a, a central female horror figure. Yeah. She's really interesting one, and I really liked it. And it and the movie itself has some fun twists and surprises, and a very creepy language. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, super creepy.
1: Yeah, this one is a fun, sort of popcorn-y, light, good time, which is strange, because it's about killer children, and do you want to kill a child? But it's fun! It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is an easy recommend for me. If you guys are curious about this, I would say that if Death of Child stuff is triggering for you, for the most part, you're going to be okay. There's one scene that is... Yeah, that's true. ...kind of... Rough to watch, maybe. Mm, Kind of rough to watch, but... It's not unflinching or cynical or nasty uh, in that particular way, so yeah, I think this is an easy recommend for me. Also, zero animal violence, unless you count bugs, which don't you count don't. Bugs. <laughs> I do not count bugs. I did send you a message because you were ahead of me. I was like, any animal? Because like, usually you have kids. And stuff animal yeah, violence follows. True. And mm-hmm. there's and when they're hiking in those early scenes, it took me a while to figure out it was something oh. hairy on her backpack because I kept thinking it was a dog just out of frame. And I was like, mm, that dog is not oh, one of this no. world. <laughs> and it, was just, and it was just some like keychain or something. And I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is enough of our review. Let's get in to our interview with the brilliant Roxanne Benjamin. Well, first of all, congratulations on the new film. We watched it this week and both really, really loved it. On the show, we, we talk to women directors exclusively, um, women-identified directors. And oftentimes, we're talking to women who are putting out their first film ever. In your case, this is your second. I wanted to know from you if this experience the second time around is as thrilling or, or uh, you know, if it's, it's pretty much the same in terms of, like, putting out the, something that you've created to the world.
2: Um. To be brutally honest, it's like it's very, it's it's been a strange journey because I started first in anthologies. So like the first things that like I had put out into the world were like within groups with other directors, right? And so there was this kind of sense of like it's us against the world, you know? Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> with Southbound and XX both, like those were at like Toronto and Sundance, and then when I did Body. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. My first kind of like solo directing endeavor, and it was the first time I kind of realized like this is a lonely. This is a lonely job that people I don't think really talk about as much. That like, as much as you're surrounded by your film crew and you know everyone is a part of that process, like you're still kind of like the person whose vision has to lead that process. Like you're driving the train, you know. So you're you're kind of like on an island while at the same time being surrounded by people. So it's a, it's a very weird, it's a very weird prospect, but that still had kind of like a, a very, very low budget and it premiered at a festival. So this is my first film that has come out just solely on streaming. It hasn't started at a festival. Um, it wasn't like picked up at a festival. For distribution, it had distribution from the get go, and it's been it's been great knowing it's like the film has a home. It's going to get seen. It's going to get seen <laughs> by probably a larger audience than a lot yeah. of my other films. Of the Blumhouse name behind it, but I've also found that like with the Blumhouse name comes like an expectation, and. Oh, um, uh huh like a heavier expectation where I don't know if it's like, you know, you get kind of a little more leeway when you're coming from like the indie festival scene of like, Oh, they're making this with be string and gum. And mm-hmm. when you're working kind of like within this model, it's still low budget, but now you're with like a, a lot more unionized teams and that kind of thing. up my other films weren't necessarily union, but they were union on a much lower budget level and kind of just a lot more like scrappy. There's like 20 of us making a film, you know? Right. So, even though you might have a higher budget, like the, what you're, what you have on set is really not that much more than mm-hmm. what you have for. Oh, gosh gotcha. Because all of the kind of budget pieces fall out. So you're making basically the same level of film, but now it has this expectation that it's going to be like a malignant or an mm. insidious thing that has like this budget that's 30 times, 30 times higher. So, there is a kind of interesting thing I've seen in regards to that. where It's like, you kind of still putting out a small film, but it feels like people are expecting like Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, Oh, there's not enough gore. It cuts away from the kids. And it's like, bro, I had those kids for four hours a day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so much, so much more in the original script and so many fun set pieces that you just couldn't do uh, because right. of how, we had and how much time you have with the kids these are eight and nine-year-old kids like there's labor laws for a reason they shouldn't be on set with us like working our ridiculous hours like we should yeah. be on set working ridiculous hours like when it comes down to it but like especially not kids who are like eight and nine years old so i fully support that at the same time you're like oh man to to make the movie that was on the page we would have needed like our schedule plus a whole other movie schedule on top of it you know so sure yeah. for- it's like, it's great, but also has its drawbacks. It's not just all kind of like fun and roses just because it's at a studio.
1: Yeah. That's really well, surprising. I think what you put on screen is actually very visually compelling the way that you used color right? and this, and the location that you found, all that stuff. I think you're being way too hard on yourself because it looked yeah, great. I, agree. <laughs> I, appreciate I
2: appreciate that. Thank you. It is one of those things of like, I think maybe from coming from such a kind of very indie background, like you do kind of like work, you learn to work within the means that you have rather than trying to, and I do feel like with some of my earlier movies, I tried to make a bigger movie than like the budget had room to make. Mm-hmm. And so it yeah. shows a lot yeah. more. You know? and so I kind of learned my lesson with that. So with this one, it was kind of like trying to make the best version of the movie within the means of what was available. So yeah, Oh, it, it really affects the style and you really, it does really kind of help with the creativity in a way too, because you're like, this is the, this is the box of crayons I have. So what can I make with this box of crayons? You know, I'm yeah, not painting, absolutely. not painting like Michelangelo over here, but like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah, no, but I think making it more intimate with all of the conversations that happen in the film really helps with the level of tension that there is there. And, you know, speaking of child actors, (laughs) we (laughs) love a good creepy kid movie, and there have been a lot in the horror sphere over the years.
2: Were there any that kind of inspired your film? Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm a huge creepy kid movie fan, just in general, because I just, I'm not, in case you can't tell from the movie, I'm not really a kid person. (laughs) 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 We're going to get to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I really love working with child actors and I like working with animals and I like working outdoors and I like doing stunts. I like doing all the things that you're not supposed to want to do when you are working on like smaller budgets, but those are the things that like I'm drawn to. Uh, so I can't really help it. But um, the good son was always one that like affected me. I think it can't like oh, yeah. it came out, like about the same age as the characters, I think. So like that whole kind of like gaslighting kid thing was like a huge mm-hmm. A huge influence and then also who can kill a child i think is a good one weirdly uh in the mouth of madness um the movie within the movie uh-huh. in that end is like kids turning evil against their parents and i always like i watch that movie like four times a year it's one of my favorite movies
1: It's <laughs> a good one
2: i want to know what that whole other movie was you know right like, yeah of like the kids turning and the evil of the church and all that. Like I, I want to see that whole movie. Um, yeah. So that was a big influence too. And of course, like the classic children, children of the corn and um, you know, the children is one uh, I'm trying to think what else, I mean, there's the omen obviously, um, yeah. yeah. good. but like the, Evil kid, but no one believes you, is also kind of like its own subgenre within that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, good son <laughs> comes in. Um, also, orphan thir- first kill is like my favorite evil kid movie of the moment. Even though um,
1: <laughs> it's, it's so great. good, yeah, it's so <laughs> good. How did that work?
2: I don't understand, but it did. <laughs> 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 Such a great slip of that of that first movie. Like they really went for yeah. something. Different. I thought it was super fun and like over the top. And like my style is yeah. also like going over the top. And and so that <laughs> yeah, that one tickled me.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm glad that you brought up in the mouth of madness because I think one of the things with these types of movies is there's always like a mystery, and you're like, okay, well, what genre are we in? And the one I did not guess was cosmic horror. So, I mean, are are we on sort of the right path to be like, okay, there's some, there's some lovecraft, some whisperer in darkness, some color out of space influence in this. Ah, you're nodding.
2: Yes. (laughs) Nailed it. It's interesting too, because this movie is such as like, I I really wanted to focus on like the character dynamics in the first half. and, and, you know, when we kind of get into like the actual horror, it's just kind of like balls to the wall horror through to the end. So, there isn't really room for that. No one in this movie is trying to fix the kids.
1: You know, mm-hmm. there isn't that
2: like, oh, we've discovered the thing and now we know that it's this and here's how we, to get them back, we need to do this. Like the people who are trying to tell you something's wrong with the kids don't really care that the kids are fucked up. They just want like right. everyone to know when they want to get out, <laughs> you know? So like, <laughs> they're just no one's trying to un- like exercise, trying to get away from the demon, you know? Like, that's that's kind of the fun of it to me. So, like, I did pepper in, like, a lot of those little breadcrumbs of, like, the insects in the natural world and also Margaret's feelings on the natural world that it ultimately turns to. And also, like, can't believe that Blum has let me get away with putting, like, a giant evil birth canal in the woods. Like, I was... <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, there is a very kind of Lovecraftian, like, you know, what's behind the door behind Sutter Kane feel to it that I was hoping mm-hmm. to. Yes. There.
0: Yeah, Excellent. absolutely. I mean, that's one of our favorite parts. We were so excited when we sort of figured that part we're of it out. Back
1: and forth, like <laughs> surprise Lovecraft! <Yeah. laughs>
0: So one of the other things that I really loved about your movie is this sort of subversion of a classic horror trope that you did. Because so many horror movies, it's women who are not believed by a spouse and they're called crazy or hysterical. But in your film, it's the husband. He's the first one who realizes that there's something wrong with those kids and isn't believed and isn't believed by his wife, too. So why did you decide
2: to go that route and kind of flip that trope on its head? That was in the script when I got it, that, that was like he it's kind of interesting because there's kind of two things going on here. One is that in the original script, he kind of remains a lot more the main character and it stays oh, okay. mm-hmm. perspective. And then the movie kind of ends with him. So it stays oh, kind of like the whole story the whole way through, even though like he does disappear and like we spend a good chunk of time with Margaret like dealing with what's going on while he's gone. Um, He comes back and then it's, it kind of like goes back to being Ben's Ben's movie and completing his story. And to me, that was a, that was less interesting to me than, you know, once I got the script and saw about halfway through, we kind of lose him and we're in her perspective. I wanted to stay in her perspective because Mm -hmm. one, she is the spouse who didn't believe. So despite the gender, the, the gender, swap on the trope there, there, there is kind of like, that we don't really get to see that as much and stay in that headspace. Like, you know, it's kind of just like the, ha you should have believed me and now we're all dead, you know? Um, and this is kind of like, what are the consequences of that? And, but also just the, when talking about the whole idea of reproduction and whether you want to have kids or not, and like making her a character who was like very ambivalent about this idea, and also in the original script she like really wanted to have kids and was trying to talk him into having kids
1: Mm. oh okay interesting
2: i've seen that i don't want to see that again i i know this kind of dynamic too of like you know friends who have kids and don't and how that starts to divide your relationships and divide your friendships and like that's way more interesting to me so i wanted to get that in there and also just Mm -hmm. make it more a how everyone in society is like trying to push this idea on her, but like, but you're maternal, like you want to be a mom, right? Aren't you like incomplete without it? So I really want to drive that in there of how like, you can't get away from that idea, no matter how much you try. And that was part of it. And so then it's also with their relationships trying to, I grew up, you know, in the nineties, which was like very much like, Negative portrayals of mental health and negative portrayals of like we it was very like no one talks about it you know mm-hmm. it's the element it's, it's like one in four people in the U.S. have like seeked out or been treated for like mental health issues at some point. So this is a group of four people. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know? yeah. and then it's, there's the idea that it's not how how people react to that. I think is very interesting in terms of when it comes to, but you're threatening my kids in a way. I portray it that way. And also like the spouse who's trying to tiptoe around it and like deal, trying to deal with the issue and not Mm -hmm. be offensive about it, but at the same time, if like someone's coming for him, then she's going to like cold clock him, you know? So there's this like very interesting kind of dynamic of that, that maybe is trying to go into too much nuance in the middle of a horror movie, but I wanted to give it a shot.
1: (laughs) No, I love it. I love it yeah, all. I mean, great. I think what I one of the things I really appreciated it, and and this is something that is in sort of the maternal horror sort of space, is that most of the time those narratives be, are about someone learning they actually do have maternal instinct, whereas I feel like it's subtle but revelatory that that is never the case in this film. Like, yeah. it, it is never about, like, you know, embracing that. So that change to me makes us – a fundamentally more radical and interesting movie. So I, I am grateful for, for that, absolutely.
2: Awesome. Yeah, the ending too, they, you know, when it went back to Ben and stays with him and kind of like the kids mm-hmm. and stuff and kind of disappears from the story. Like when I rewrote that ending and made it like them coming out where they do and her reaction to that, I was really shocked that no, like that, that I was able to do that and no one said anything. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it's so good. Here's what I'm thinking, and then like, we get a response back. And then it was like day one, and that's what we were shooting. And it was like, I guess we got no. away with it. Uh-
1: <laughs> I think we have time for one more. Ariel, did you want to ask your spoilery question? Or? Okay, so
0: I just have to ask this before we leave. I am super curious about the bugs. <laughs> I just, it was that the shadow and the bug sounds? Was that another HP Lovecraft reference? Is it more of an alien thing? Did you know, or you just wanted to leave it open-ended?
2: To me, it all has to do with nature and the natural world encroaching upon Margaret.
0: Oh, um, okay. Yeah. I like it. That's
2: interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and her idea that, like, this is not something that she wants and it's something that's being forced upon her over and over again. Like, that's there's that that's, like, just on my kind of, like, esoteric side of it, but then in a more concrete way. Um, yeah, the, the playing with that kind of through the beginning and throughout the movie was really trying to trying to hone in on that, yeah, more lovecraftian crafty inside of it. And just, you know, you're out in the woods and you've seen the place you found. Like, uh, this is not... It's not where we should be. Um, <laughs> right. Also, love them. You know, trying to trying to make more over and over again. I think is something that, like, you've notice Like for the most part, like they're dragging the women up there you know yeah yeah oh my oh. god that scene That yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i want like a prequel now that's like how did that building come to be did it pre-exist to the this whole did the whole pre-exist uh. the building and what's the purpose of the building if it pre-existed though i have all these questions <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is like the cult that worships this and like yes. how it's oh out. yeah they're like, why would you build a staircase up to this wall and like, oh, what blew holes in all these walls? It does kind of like tell you that there's a whole other story that happened ahead of time. And like they've just come upon this like, you know, a thousand years later, a hundred years later, you know, whichever
0: yeah. it is. Uh, so I cool. love that it lets your imagination kind of go wild with it. It, it makes yeah. it extra creepy, I think.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've had a long day and we really, really appreciate you taking this time with us. We love the film. We cannot wait for everybody to see it. We're going to tell everybody we know to check it out. And I can't wait to see whatever you do next. Like I am a fide Roxanne Benjamin <laughs> fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much <laughs> for talking with us today. Thank you.
1: All right. So that was our interview with Roxanne. Ariel. She was a delight. Yes, she was.
2: <laughs> she really was,
0: especially because, like I said, we hadn't done this for a little while. And sometimes you interview people and they don't have a lot to say. And she was, like, full of interesting things to say about her movie.
1: It was great. I could have talked to her for three oh, times I know. As long. It was I very know. hard. Like, I knew I had a responsibility to wrap it up, but I was like, No! I have like 10 more questions. I know. That's why we stuck in like the last one, right? Mm-hmm. I was worried I that because I knew you wanted to know the answer to that. And I was worried you were gonna be unselfish and ask a different final question. I so was. that's why I was like, see? <laughs> are you yeah, glad though you're, that you're I was very like very
0: sweet? I appreciate it. Yes. I
1: could feel I could see you veering towards a more serious question. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel you are not good about asking for things for yourself you rarely do and you wanted the answer to this so we're getting it for you we're getting it for you um, were you happy with were you, were you happy with the yeah
0: yeah I thought that was super interesting I thought all of her answers were great especially this stuff about how the movie changed
1: you know? yes 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 like uh that significant change. Ben, boo yeah
0: I mean because I think that change in perspective is one of the most interesting things about the movie and mm-hmm. if it hadn't done that I think it would have been completely different and if you had removed all of the both subtext and actual text about motherhood stuff it would have been totally mm-hmm. different too because that's such like an integral part of the plot really I
1: mean, it's how this film subverts and stays away from, like, tropiness, right? Like, it it breaks the rules in terms of structure by changing main characters. And also, she said that originally the whole thing is her trying to talk him into having kids. I'm like, that's boring. So, So having it be a situation where she's someone who doesn't want to have children and there's no motherhood journey for her is much more reflective of real life. and totally under the radar in terms of film narratives especially right. in killer kid like if you think about like the opposite of this would be something like mama right which i i love mama yeah but that is yes. all about maternal ambivalence getting turned into like actual maternal instinct you know so yeah i thought this was like we really modernized it and yeah i don't know i really
0: thought yeah it's well and i think that part of what's so fun about that very final beat of the movie too is that it really in a fun horror movie way reinforces Exactly like, how she feels about children. I said children.
1: what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Let's <that> down. Groom. <laughs> it's great. It is really great. I and I really we didn't get to get into Margaret, but she's such a cool character and so smart and makes yeah. some really good choices in the movie. And that is always having a smart female protagonist who makes good decisions even even if they don't always work out like it's just like ah, yeah it's just nice like <laughs> it. and i'm yeah, very excited to see me. whatever Roxanne does so, truly i said i said that to her i don't remember if it was after we had stopped rolling but anything she does has my attention now for sure
0: yeah yeah because the the way that she changed that script is what made it into something that we got invested in and want to see which makes Mm -hmm. me think like she's a real talent there you know yeah
1: yeah absolutely absolutely well hopefully everybody else really enjoyed that interview we had so much fun doing it we i love anything we do with more deadly i enjoy but there is something extra exciting about actually getting to talk to these women and hear their their creative process and their thoughts are are endlessly fascinating yeah absolutely um So hopefully this is just the first of many amazing women we're gonna talk to this year. That's the Uh, plan. Yeah. (laughs) If you enjoyed the show or you had some questions or some thoughts or whatever, you can always drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com. Or you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If it's Twitter and Instagram, you're gonna want to follow at ZG Podcasts. You're gonna get so many awesome horror memes. You're gonna get to keep track of all the cool things that we're up to, our recommendations for VOD every week. Which this spoiler alert is going to be one of them this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And what else you get, you'll find out about all of our live content, all the good stuff, and you can slide into the DMs, including you. Would, you would have been able to see our new design. Because yeah. yes. after <laughs> months of promising, it is real. It is available. You can purchase products with all kinds of cool designs of that design that didn't make sense, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, um, you can do that by visiting zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. If you like the show, you want to support us, you can do that by rating and reviewing us on whatever podcast platform you found us on, or you can join our Patreon. If you're our patron, you're probably watching this video right now instead of just listening to it, so you can watch me. Struggle in, in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll also get to join our Discord. You'll get to hang out with us all day. It's so much fun. You get bonus episodes, extended episodes, and our Zombie Bites, which is like my new favorite thing that we're doing where we can't wait for an episode to come out, we have to talk about whatever it is that's coming out. We just did. Justin and I just did one for The Last of Us, which I should send you a teaser for. And um, we have some other really fun ones coming up. Like I'm thinking we're going to have to talk about Infinity Pool when that comes out. Good Ooh, lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited there's, about that. <laughs> There's a handful of really cool things coming up. So you should definitely be keeping an eye out for those zombie bites if you are a patron. And that's all the tea. That's all the teasers I have for the patron. So we'll move forward. Thank you. If you are a patron for supporting us, it means the world to us that you like our rambling. <laughs> Pay for it. I know, right? <laughs> Ariel, put me out of my misery. Take
0: us out. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to another episode of more deadly directors cut. We hope you go and check out. There's something wrong with the children and we hope you really enjoyed our interview with the delightful talented Roxanne Benjamin and we'll be back next time hopefully with another great interview with another woman director bye everybody
1: Bye, everybody. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman Rucker. And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Meal.